the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is an author and also an award winner for her work in business, entrepreneur coaching and hypnotherapy, American Jessica Dawn Russell. Hi Jessica, welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Nigel. You're very welcome. So where are you living at the moment? I live in the United States um, in Los Angeles, California. And Los Angeles is very widespread. So to make it easy, we can say like around the Beverly Hills area, Hollywood Hills area. I understand that Beverly Hills is quite affluent. It is. But then again, (laughs) there's a lot of people, unfortunately, right now that are not so affluent where we're all going through an adjustment financially, economically. And so if you drive down Beverly Hills, it's beautiful, but nobody's walking down the street. And we are virtually still on lockdown. And um, all of the stores pretty much are closed. The opulence is gone. And we only can have takeout in our restaurants. So people are pretty much at home, except for a few people working in offices. And of course, you know, first responders and people of necessity out there in the workforce. So that makes life very interesting. Well, your situation sounds very similar to the UK at the moment. So Jessica, where did you grow up? I was uh, raised in Los Angeles, California. When I started college, I moved to Los Angeles in the city area And I eventually studied in London, England. I love the UK. It's part of my heart. And actually throughout my life, I made London, England a big part of my business. And that is where I would meet people that I would work with from out of the country or from the UK itself. And so it's it's been, you know, a wonderful experience. But my base is in Los Angeles. Well, I'm sure you could be considered an honorary Brit. I'd love to be. (laughs) I actually really fast. I tried to stay there permanently. When I finished college, I actually did not want to come home or I thought I wanted to live there. I liked kind of that lifestyle, but they wouldn't accept me at that time because we're going back about 30-ish years. It was extremely difficult to stay in England. And at that time, it was almost a situation where they were making you give up your American citizenship. And I really just would not do that. Dual citizenship was very difficult to obtain. Mm. So I came home, I made my life here, but I implemented my life out there, my business life. Well, you're an entrepreneur. So when did you start your first business and what did it involve? I was raised by a single mother who was 
an entrepreneur and she was in business. So I actually was raised by someone who would throw out ideas and invite my sister and I into it. And so it actually came to a stall because I really did not think I was going to go to college. I actually aspired to get married, have 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, and maybe have a part-time job just to keep myself busy. So it wasn't until I decided to go to college that I started to become really, really more inspired and get things in action. But I, I actually had a couple of little ventures in my teens where I'd kind of have like side gigs and make up some money and it was independent. But I started off, I would just say, having my first little independent job is when my mother kept having child labor circumstances between my sister and I because she would use us all the time to help her with her marketing. And it basically consisted of constantly licking or stuffing envelopes for her real estate business. And it was something that we did almost on a weekly basis. And I started telling her, you have to pay us if you want us to do your work for you. I was a little mouthy when I was younger. (laughs) After I finished college, I I don't know what happened. I came back to America and I was just so set, but it was a little bit depressed here in Los Angeles. This was a time where we were a little bit into, they won't call it the recession, but a little bit of a depression. And it was very hard to find work. My mother aspired me to be in the same business, but I tried really hard to stay out of the real estate and the real estate finance and investment business. And I eventually got pulled in, as you know, that was the beginning of everything. Well, your endeavors have been very successful. I understand you've made quite a lot of money, but you've also lost a bit as well during your adventures. So how did you manage to make all that money and then lose a large chunk of it? My heart bleeds for what I've lost. But then again, I've also gained because of that great rewards. But I came back after my education. I settled in Los Angeles. I was still very young. I, you know, I was in basically the tip of 20 year old. And I ended up getting involved shortly in the entertainment industry to pursue acting. And that was something that I was involved in when I was small. And so I wanted to see if I can become famous, like most people who want to pursue an acting career. It's not for the love of the craft. It's more to become famous and be rich. So it wasn't working out for me. And I had too many you know, circumstances where my mom saw it wasn't happening fast enough. So she's pushing and pushing. So one day I just rebelled because I knew I didn't want to work for anyone. It didn't seem like people were really hiring. And I decided to go take my real estate license exam and I passed and I started working at the time in Beverly Hills. And it wasn't an area where they accepted youth. And I got in uh, because of really what I know and what I came from. And so I basically worked with extremely seasoned people. And at that time, Beverly Hills was filled with the best former company owners. People were very much mature compared to me. And really, unless I was like a gay guy's boyfriend that was younger, there was no youth in that industry. And so I I basically befriended a lot of very influential people in that industry because I stuck out and I was so young. I started working in the Hollywood Hills. And at that time, that industry was very, very filled with a lot of alliances back and forth. The entertainment industry ties in very strongly with the real estate and vice versa. And so a lot of my clients were lawyers and they were also entertainment people. 
And my business took off over there and in the Beverly Hills area, or what we call the West Side, which is really the more expensive environment. And I worked independently. And that also gave me offshoots in other business ventures. But I did make a lot of money for that time. And, you know, you have to play the game when you're in this business. But I started doing something different. And I started working with a lot of non-American people out of the country because that's what my mother was doing in her company. But then, of course, at that time, we didn't have internet and we didn't have all the luxuries that we have today. We had what's called a fax machine. So I started basically setting my foundation and making my wealth because of real estate and real estate investing. And I lost the money because during my time when I was in real estate, I partnered up with a movie producer in Hollywood and I started building that industry and I really got sucked in. I ended up establishing an extremely well-known talent management company, which I later sold. And I was producing and trying to finance motion picture in Hollywood. And then things were working not very favorable and to the negative between my ex-producing partner through contracts that we had with mutual entertainment projects. And I ended up having a lot of hard knocks because I had to go to court and I had to sue him and I had to sue a couple of other people. And I started seeing my investments and everything that I tried to work hard go through the drain because of lawyers and and all of the lawsuits. And then at that time, it was very, very hard to make money because we were going through a shift economically in America, and I had to step out and I had to reboot. So I learned a lot of lessons. And then I, I started to basically, as I stepped out, I started to go back to what I know. I built up the business again in real estate, and it became a little cyclical. But everything that I have done pretty much was because of my early experiences and my, my businesses in the real estate industry. Well, you're now involved with hypnotherapy. So what encouraged you or motivated you to become involved in that area? Well, I've owned different companies, as you know, and I've been in different businesses because I'm I'm always trying to get involved with different because my mind works differently. I, I have so many diverse interests, but what was happening is I have owned for decades a consulting company. It's a business consulting company, work with executives and people that were out of the country. And it was a time where my family was losing investments. I was losing my investments. Businesses were not working out because we were going through this time where um, a lot of real estate got so high that the value was so low because we fell into this recession and the banks started taking the real estate back. So that was like, you know, a time that really affected a lot of people, which reminds me of what's happening now. And at that time as well, my mother was dying of cancer. And so I really looked back at my life. And of course, I was a a hot mess. And I wanted to just relax. I really thought that I was in the rat race too much. And the environment that I was in was changing me drastically as a person. I also noticed that I was getting a little bitter and angry and I was becoming, or I had become 
a person that I was not, and I didn't like it anymore. And ironically, at the same time that my mother was very ill, she had brain cancer. And unfortunately, the condition limited a lot of her abilities and so forth. But I, I became pregnant with my first child. And if you do the math, just for a conversation of putting a lot of this into place, I'm right now in my early 50s. And I had my first child when I was in my my early 40s. So I really needed to calm down. And I was pregnant. And so I knew that I couldn't continue on the way that I was. And I had to change the way that I just lived, how I lived for myself, and eliminate a lot of the baggage with some of this business that I had either clung on to, or I was involved in, or some of the projects that I thought that I would get involved in, because at the time, I basically needed to reboot, and I was trying to reinvent and build some other projects into my life, but I needed to change. And so I ended up taking a course on NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And to make it very easy, unless you want me to go into that, it is the way we take in language and also our hearing, the words and communication through hearing. And so I basically started to hear more about hypnosis. And here in Los Angeles, we're into like all of these different holistic and independent type of Far Eastern, you know, medicine or mental health type of, I don't, I don't want to say processes, but opportunities or, or ways of how we kind of let go of some of the stuff that we build into our life. But it took me to a decision where I said, you know what, I'm going to take these little courses. I'm going to start playing around because I love education and I'm going to end up spending more money and it's going to waste more time if I do it singularly. And I just basically enrolled in one of the finest schools around the world, basically. And and out in the UK, uh, hypnosis and hypnotherapy is a big part of how people take care of their health out there. And I ended up deciding to enroll into the school. Now, I had known about it briefly, but I wasn't a firm believer until I really started to study the components. And today, I'm actually very well known in the city because I implement this in with my offices. And I have three offices here in Los Angeles, and I function very well in that area, but I implement in my coaching and my consulting, even with business people a little bit of hypnosis, believe it or not, NLP, of course, and also giving them a sense of awareness to step back and understand who they are and what's going on in their life so they can resolve it. So strategically, they can understand what they're doing in business. And if they're the type of person who is involved with negotiations, they can negotiate with more clarity And usually at a higher level, because they're understanding who they really are and letting go of some of the things that was really keeping them back in their professional life. And of course, it stems back to the personal life. Well, you're also an author. So when was your book published and what's it called and what's it about? Okay, so I actually published my first book uh, about 16 years ago, and that was when I was in the entertainment industry. And it was a huge 
seller, and I published it independently. It was called 911 Hollywood Emergency. When I owned my talent management company, Blue Bay Talent, and I had my production office, Zinkler Films. <laughs> oh, I love those memories. <laughs> I ended up gaining a very strong rapport. And I take care of the people that I work with. So marketing and having a good reputation is very important to me. And I actually became very well known because I would take care of a lot of the people who I didn't work with and send them on their way with knowledge and a little help. But what I didn't want them to have to go through was a lot of things that wasted my time. And I did learn a lot of hard knocks and a lot of lessons, as I mentioned, you know, with the relationships with a lot of the producers and suing, you know, my producing partner and so forth. Um, this was around a time in 2001. And I, I don't want to get into it, but there were some extremely big names that were involved who also ended up having to go after my producing partner. And it was a very, very surreal experience and I learned about the negative stuff about the television or motion picture independent industry. And so I didn't want people to have to go through that. So it was basically a how-to book. It was very candid. And it was a book that would explain a lot of methods and teach people who were reading the shortcuts. So they never had to go through what I went through or they didn't have to go through things that were not necessary so they could just continue to go up and up. It's a very, very, as you know, difficult industry. And what about your latest book? Okay, so that one is a book on millennials and it's called Millennial Rocks. I actually, of course, am in my 50s, but I act very young. I looked young and my businesses have always been involving a lot of very young people, millennials. And so I took a look back and at the time it was extremely negative. Every time you would go out, people would just insult millennials. We would hear it in our media. I also understood the weaknesses that they have, but I didn't blame them. I blamed the generation that came before them. And I don't mean it in shame, but I started saying to myself, I said, this is really not their fault that they don't understand how to communicate to the finest, it's, it's, you know, to have an understanding how to start businesses or utilize their entrepreneur spirit, how to function well in the workplace. It was really because of what was happening in my generation and definitely a little bit older because of the fact that we were used to having everything so good. And when everything was so bad, the children and the teenagers were at a loss because they basically had to stay home by themselves Why parents struggled or they basically had to work. And they were teaching themselves. And as you know, now today, it's even worse when it comes to communication, because everybody's looking down on their cell phones, texting each other or going on social media. And so nobody talks to each other. And so when you don't have that interaction, you don't learn the skills. And so my book focused on not just America, but it focused on international because I've worked with a lot of people in Asia, definitely people in the Middle East. And I'm female, but I spent my life working with mostly men. And to be female and to be able to work with mostly men has been a gift and it takes a lot of skill. 
but I use my experience of working with the men and I'm very analytical and I've studied their ways of social as well as how they do business and communication. And since I was directly a part of that, I recognize this. So I implemented that in my book as well. And what's the title of that book? That one is Millennials Rock. Oh, interesting title. They're not a curse. They're not anything negative. It's really their world, but it's what they make out of it. So Jessica, how can people contact you? Well, I am, of course, in America. I have an association. It's called the NLP and Hypnotherapists Association of America. So if you go to that site, you can definitely reach out to me. And I have a email direct. It's the HTC office at gmail.com. And however I can help someone, I'm here. Well, Jessica, in the USA, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. Nigel Beckles. Chalk Hill Community Radio. Every Saturday, interesting conversations with interesting people. Featuring interviews with award-winning authors, relationship and life coaches, therapists, musicians and a wide variety of people with intriguing stories to share. That's every Saturday, 6pm GMT. Interesting conversations with interesting people. On Chalk Hill Community Radio. Keeping the community connected. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.